uh, as we move into the, what I always say is the second part. After the World Series ends, which it will tonight, the NFL has its second opening, I always say, November. And, uh, Brian, let's begin there because November is the month of decision in the NFL. That's when you separate the men from the boys, and now we've reached that point. Yeah, I mean, we talked before about, you know, the second quarter of the season is like the second quarter of a game. You kind of know everybody's shown their hand, so to speak, in terms of, you know, the blitzes they use, their personnel and, and, and formation tactics. Uh, so now you kind of get into a groove. Well, now we're coming into the third quarter of the season, and as our good friend, the late Danny Green, used to say, you are what your record says you are. Uh, and there's there's no change in that, or there's no avoiding that, and, and the personality is what it is. So, you know, we've got some teams that are obviously on the cusp. It's interesting to see how the playoff position, although we're only halfway through, you know, you look at the teams that look to be in that playoff division, so to speak, you know, in the AFC, we're talking about Buffalo, who I don't think they're going to catch New England, but they lead the league in turnover differential, and every team that's done that for the last 20 years has made the playoffs. Defense looks really good. McDermott's done a nice job. really has. Yeah, so they're going to be in that mix. Jacksonville and Tennessee are going to lobby back and forth, and whoever doesn't win the division's going to kind of be there. Baltimore's still hanging around. Houston, obviously, with Sean Watson, you can't be dismissive of them. Uh, so it's beginning to take shape, and in the NFC, uh, a little bit different. Get a little bit more crowded, obviously. You know what's going to happen with Carolina and Atlanta? Where are they heading? Green Bay without Aaron Rodgers. Dallas now, depending upon what the courts say, yeah. and Ezekiel Elliott. You know, good solid win for them, but where do they go from here? So those cusp teams, it's going to be. This is you know the the month of November is going to create that separation. No question. And then you have the Eagles, and I, and listen, Wentz has been the MVP in my in my estimation. He's been the best player. Uh, and really, uh, he seems to be extremely confident in everything he does, and the team clearly buys into what he's doing. They've tried to put better weapons around him, and now they start to think that they can grow into something. Uh, let's see if they can, but uh, they have found a quarterback who clearly is in control. Well, having had now virtually half a season, you know, again, our, our beat on Wentz is pretty good. I mean, he's projected to be better than 38 touchdowns and 10 interceptions, 4,000 yards throwing if he stays on this pace at only about 525 some odd throws. So they are keeping balance. Of course, they just added uh, Jay Ajayi from uh, uh, Miami to balance out with LeGarrette Blunt. I don't know that he's that dramatically different. He's not going to replace... He can't replace Sproles. No, no. no. And and that was such a totally unique player. But he's going to take a little few of the uh, harder yards or hard, tough yards against with LeBlunt. LeBlunt doesn't have to be that 20 uh, uh, carry guy, so that's going to preserve him a little bit. Uh, and so, yeah, Philadelphia. And, and we kind of overlook because of Wentz, defense is playing really, really well. Uh, and they're doing a nice job, particularly in the red zone. I think they're number one in the league against rushing defense, if I'm not mistaken. So you, they seem to be the complete package. Let me ask you this one. This is a tricky one. Um, Minnesota has gotten a big boost that Aaron Rodgers is in there. Plus, they've overcome the loss of the quarterback and the loss of Cook, who was playing like a superstar. And they've, and they've been able to, to go out there and win six and lose two. Case Keenum's been okay. He's been, he's been useful. He's been okay. Bridgewater clearly has more talent, but he hasn't played in a year and a half. He comes off a surgery that they thought maybe might end his career. It was that serious, that dislocation. Would you be in a hurry to go back 
to Bridgewater, or would you wait until Keenum gave you a big reason to go back to Bridgewater? No, I think Mike Zimmer is very comfortable with the formula he has right now. Case Keenum's not turned the ball over. You're right, though, in bringing that up, because let's say they continue along this path, and, and, and the NFC North is not the toughest divisions right now without Aaron Rodgers. So you've got to think, okay, they're going to win the division, and they may end up with uh, the, the, you know, maybe the two-seed in the NFC, which would be great. But then when you get in the playoffs, that formula they've got going, they're going to face a hot Carson Wentz in Philadelphia, maybe Drew Brees, maybe Wilson, uh, Russell Wilson as the other division winner. Um, you know, the Rams seem to be hot and playing well right now. Someone else will step up. So that, that's the biggest question. Can they, even though they're playing great defense, have good balance, they've gotten some productivity out of the receivers uh, with Thiel and Diggs and, and Rudolph, but can Case Keenum be that guy versus what he's going to face at quarterback competition with some of those other top teams? Uh, talking with Brian Billick, New Orleans has won five straight, not against the toughest competition, but they have won five straight. Uh, Carolina, Atlanta are right there. Atlanta finally got back on the winning ways last week. wasn't easy against the Jets in a monsoon, to be fair. It was a monsoon. Um, with that the case, which of the three – I mean, clearly Atlanta is the most talented of the three – uh, but which of the three do you like uh, the best? Can you separate any of the three right now? Well, you just you were exactly right in bringing up the schedule. You like of the three, you kind of like the schedule of New Orleans because they've got Tampa, Buffalo. At, at Buffalo is going to be a tough one. Uh, they have to go out to L.A., but they get Washington, Carolina at home. Uh, late in the season, they're going to play the Jets, Atlanta. Of course, they're used to playing, and then at Tampa Bay. So, of of the three teams that you're talking about, just for schedule. Now, again, that defense, we we got to wait and see. They really they are better. You can't you can't d- deny that they are better. Uh, how much better? Uh, you know, we're we're going to find out as we get into it here. Um, but I just for schedule alone, the fact that they've seemed to have that balance, they are running the ball more consistently, which is was a number one priority for them. Um, you got to, you got to, you know, the Saints are going to be for real. Carolina just is, I don't know. I don't know where they're going. And Atlanta still seems to not have that formula going, particularly on the offensive side yet. Well, let me ask this because you were a guy who ran maybe one of the two or three greatest offenses in the history of the league in Minnesota when you were the coordinator there. You ran an offense that was prolific, uh, a lot like Atlanta's last year. The way that they've explained it to me, the guys down there, and I know them pretty well, they said, you know what, we just can't get the trains to run on time. We're, we're like a second off here. We get a bad cut here. We get a bad read here. It causes an interception. We got the right guys, but we just haven't synced up the offense. Are you surprised that a coordinator change with all that talent and a veteran quarterback has made that big a difference? Yeah, and, and, and I think that's a fair assessment, what they're saying, because, yeah, Julio Jones, is he's off pace a little bit. He's only going to, you know, right now he's only on pace for 85 receptions. That's pretty darn good. I'm actually doing a piece on our playbook show tonight on the NFL Network at 6 o'clock. I was looking at Tevin Coleman and Devontae uh, Freeman. I thought, okay, there's going to be a big difference here in terms of what they've been doing, because they don't seem to be as productive. But when you go and you look, they're on pace to about do what they did last year. Now, yep. Devontae Freeman's not they're not going to him in the passing game as much, and that certainly makes a difference. They need to get the ball in his hands a little bit more. Dynamic runner, good one-two punch, obviously, with Tevin Coleman. He's off. You know, they need to get the ball in his hands a little bit more. Now, you're saying, well, wait a minute. You're saying he's got to get in the, you know, they got to get to Julio Jones more, and we just saw where Sanu had a good game uh, opposite Julio Jones. So, the numbers you look at and go, okay, they can't, they're not dramatically off from where they were last year. 
but it sure doesn't look that way. You're they're not, right. They're not Frank, making the big plays this year. They're not yeah, making big plays. Yeah, and I think that's plays. really what it comes down to. And so, yeah, to use their analogy, the trains aren't running on time right now. And I don't think it's just Matthew Stafford because the numbers aren't that dramatically different. But, boy, it doesn't look the same. I'm surprised Sarkeesian's having so much trouble. I mean, as a veteran coordinator, I understand he's not Shanahan, but I, I was surprised after they got it to that level last year that they would fall apart as much as they have. Da- their big play numbers are down. Two things I noticed about them. Their red zone inefficiency has been terrible. They've been down there so many times and not scored touchdowns. And they're just not making the real big plays that they made last year. Yeah, and, and that it's subtle. You know, when you alluded to that 98 offense that I had, great offenses are they're, they're like a, a, a mosaic or a puzzle. And if you take one piece out now, it's incomplete, uh, just one little piece. And, and in that instance, yeah, maybe it is Kyle Shanahan, because Sarkeesian, he's doing a nice job, and it, but it's just not the same. Maybe it's a rhythm. Maybe it's the order of the team. And, and again, we, we kind of dismiss the, the Super Bowl loss hangover, because we said, well, right. if they start out well, it's not a factor. They came out 3-0, and but they could have easily been 1-2. and they were two plays away from being one and two. No question. Which means they're sitting here and, and looking at, at, you know, two and five, two and six, uh, very realistically. So, yeah, it just doesn't seem and doesn't mean they can't get back into that rhythm because they've got all the players. They're kind of performing at the same level. Doesn't mean that now against, particularly if they can get this on the road to Carolina at home against Dallas, they got to go on the road to Seattle. That's going to be a real check for them. Uh, then, you know, maybe they can get back into that rhythm, but right now they're just not. How much does Dallas lose? We know the offensive line's good. We know what the weapons are. Great, I should say. We know what the weapons are. How much do they lose not having the premier back versus having useful backs behind that great offensive line? Yeah, what did we just say? The, the not have the premier back. That, that's a lot. Now, let, let's remember now, uh, uh, they, you know, that offensive line, in fact, I'm doing a piece on them as well, they're the most straightforward running attack in the National Football League. No they question. don't do a whole lot of difference. No they question. don't need to do They don't have to. Yeah, they just line up and beat you. All right. Alfred Morris... Um, it can be that guy. Let's remember how good this guy was his first three years in the league. Now, is he Ezekiel Elliott? No, he doesn't have that explosiveness. But he can get through the line. He's going to get some extra yards. He's going to be physical. But they're going to miss some of those big plays. It clearly is going to fall on the shoulders of Dak Prescott. And he's up to the task. We'll see just to what degree. But it's clearly going to fall on Dak Prescott more. He's going to have to have another level of uh, productivity um, without Ezekiel Elliott, because it's, it's a little ridiculous to think that they're going to be the exact same or do as well. Um, but, but obviously, and I, but I th- having said that, I think Dak Prescott is up to the challenge. I tell you, they played the Chiefs this week, and I love. We're talking with Brian Billick. I love that Kansas City offense. Now, Kansas City's a bad defensive time, and and Bob Sutton, we know him very well from his years here and his years at Army. Good coach, but that their defense is terrible, uh, and they've been getting by with it. Um, and they lost Barry, which killed them. But their offense has been sensational. I mean, it really has. It's different than anybody else's with the use of the tight ends, the multiple tight ends, all their different looks, the way they play inside out. But uh, they need to score a lot of points because their defense, I mean, they're worst in the league on third down. I mean, they're just they're not a good defensive team this year, the Chiefs. Yeah, which is surprising because you look at it, and they should. You know, obviously uh, losing Barry early, that was a big hit. But, but they've been run on. People have been yep. running on them, so obviously that's going to be the challenge with or without Ezekiel Elliott. Can they, with that straight-up running style... You I know, think they able- can run on them because losing Poe, Poe hurt him, too, when he went to, sure. uh, went to uh, Atlanta. That killed him, too. You know, that was a big loss. He's a and, big man. Yeah. And that's the formula Dallas wants to play and control the game that way because if it turns into a track meet, you're right. 
I don't know as well as uh, uh, Dak Prescott, and I think he's playing. I don't think he wants it to get into a track meet with Alex Smith in that offense. That offense is really good. I mean, their use at a tight end is really, you know, you think about something that's a little different in the league, and when somebody puts a stamp on something that's different, their use of their tight ends really is superb with the way, with the way they run their offense. They're just very creative. They're all, it's, it's old Delaware Ting T football. Yep. You know, Andy's old, but he's not that old. <laughs> but, but it really is. You can yep. Tubby Raymond. Tubby Raymond, absolutely. You, you look yep. at all the things they're doing and yep. what they're you in Houston now, you know, they say, well, it's new inventive. Hey, that thing's 50, 60 It is. Years old. That's an old college offense. Same it thing is. with and, – and here's the thing about Houston. We all know, and I love that kid in college, and I didn't think he'd have this impact right away in the pros because he's not a classic pocket guy, but the way they're utilizing him, the question I have is this. Do you think the offenses will catch up to him the way they caught up to RG3? About 10 games in, they caught up to what he was doing. Do you think they'll catch up to Watson the same way? You know what? They are doing some of those things, but not as much as you think. It's his, uh, I'm with you, his ability in the pocket as a legitimate pocket quarterback far exceeds what RG3 ever did. And this kid is mature beyond his year. The term I keep hearing and I keep using is uh, he's very calm in the pocket. Very, he's a leader, and he's a and, gamer. He's a gamer. And he he's is. got all yes. the uh, fundamentals. This kid, uh, no, I, even though that is a nice element to it, uh, this kid, his presence in the pocket is going to separate him from some. Uh, I've never seen a rookie progress this way this rapidly uh, as I've seen with Deshaun Watson. He's done a very nice job, and it's amazing the connection with Fuller. I mean, he makes more plays to one guy than just about anybody I've seen in a long time. Yeah, he, he's got every, every other time he touches the ball, it's a touchdown, you know, and so, and, but obviously the running element on top of it, and, and gosh, if you, can you imagine if they, if they had not lost Watt and uh, Merciless on the inside. Yes. Oh, my God. How, how, how real would this team be? Yeah, because Merciless is about the most underrated guy in the league. He was impossible to block. He was on, uh, as good as Watt is. I think Merciless is a bigger loss. I think the guys, the, every time I saw Merciless in a big game, he was unblockable. Yeah, because Javion Clowney has stepped up and playing up to the level that we thought when he was the first overall pick. You throw those other guys in there, you talk about a complete package. That would change the entire dynamic for Houston. Uh, Oakland, are they in... You know, it's not coming together for him this year. You know, is this a lost season now? You know, it could be, you know, which is hard to say because we all love what Derek Carr is doing, you know, short of getting injured. And they're just uh, they're looking up at so many different people now or so many. We just talked about the playoff, you know, the wild card division that you're in in the AFC because, uh, you know, they're not going to catch Kansas City. So they're clearly in the wild card division. And, and that matchup, you know, the teams that are going to have to match up, they've got a good win against Baltimore if it comes down to that head-to-head. But they just may be staring up too far at these other teams. Now that you look at it, you know, you could say, okay, they're only one game back of that group. So they could get hot here. And so some of the matchups, that's why I bring up the game with the Baltimore Ravens. That's why I think the Baltimore Raven-Tennessee Titans game is one of the big ones this weekend because it may very well come down to head-to-head. If Tennessee can't win the division, Jacksonville continues to go on. Now it's head-to-head. That, that type of head-to-head, whoever loses that game could be in real jeopardy. The Garoppolo trade was a big one. San Francisco hasn't won a game, though. I'm figuring they're going to re-sign Garoppolo. I don't think they'll franchise him. I think they'll probably – they're about $80 million under the cap. I think they'll probably give him a four-year deal when, after they made this trade. Whatever they decide – how fast would you want to introduce him into a team that has no offensive talent and is 0-8? Would you want him to get a lot of play in this year, or would you try to be very uh, judicious in how much you played him this year? No, I want to see. 
you know, the, I mean, and Grapple looks to be a good player. He's got two games now, okay? So I want to see what this guy does. Now, realizing what's around him, and I've got to factor that in before, but you say, okay, we're going to resign him. Before I give him one of those $100 million contracts, I, w- I want to see him play, even on a bad team, I want to see him play a little bit more. Because they're giving up the second-round pick. That doesn't mean they, they, they don't, you know, they don't, they're totally shut out from taking one of these young quarterbacks if they want to, if indeed they get rated that high, whether it's the kid at SC or UCLA or whoever you have high on your list. Um, so they're still in pretty good, you know, people say, well, you wasted a second-round pick. Well, you know, it's a second-round pick, uh, all but an early second-round pick, so it's like another first-round pick. It is. got to believe they're going to play him. Before, oh, they're going to play and, him. And get a real, they obviously think a lot of him, but to really get the sense, okay, yeah, we're, we, we did the right thing, now we'll give him one of those $100 million contracts. How long do you think it takes him, even though he's had four years in a, in, a, in a good system with great brain power around him and they all rave about him there, do you think he picks up what Shanahan does quickly or is it going to take him a while to pick it up? Oh, yeah, no. And coming out of what they do in New, Orleans, in New England where it's different every week, I mean, he's going to adapt very quickly. He's a smart kid. He'll do fine. Now, how well he'll do, it's just you can't get panicked if it, they aren't great numbers because he doesn't have anything around Not him. a lot of talent there. Yeah, no. and can he stay healthy? That's, you know, a, that's a big problem. Too, that, so. That's part of it with that offensive line, too. You know? So if I'm them, yeah, I want to find out of these eight games, do, you know, did we do the right thing? And to give them all that money, and if we're wrong, okay, our bad, fine, we gave up a second, not the end of the world, and do something else. If it turns out he, he plays pretty well, okay, we're ahead of the curve, great. Now he comes back fully ready, integrated into the system going into the next year. i, I got to believe they want to see a little bit. They want to take, you know, you buy a new car, you want to take it out for a spin. Uh, Denver, you changed quarterbacks this week off what oh, you saw? Well, they have with Osweiler. Oh, they did change, okay. Yeah, okay. And, and so the challenge, okay, what do you need to do, Osweiler? Don't turn the ball over. That, that's you know that defense is saying look you we don't need it we've been down this road when he was with them in 2015 you know had 60 percent completion almost right. 2,000 yards 10 touchdowns six interceptions okay we'll take the 10 touchdowns cut the interceptions in half just don't turn the ball over we'll let defense win some games that's that's going to be what they're going to ask him to do yeah I would think he had to make a move that was going to be my point uh, I was waiting for it but I would think he had to make that move after what you saw Monday night I, I didn't think he had he, yeah, he didn't leave many many options open for the you, coach you were going to have a mutiny with that defense if you didn't do something no question thanks we'll talk next week thank that's you Brian. Great. all right so Brian Billick